we began over a hundred years ago as a power company that only had hydroelectric plants. So we were a hundred percent renewable energy company a hundred years ago. We think that's innovative thought today. It's already been done. We just are finding a different way to get there with a different mix of generations to meet our customers' needs. You are listening to the Siemens Energy Podcast Series. The energy sector is undergoing an unprecedented transformation, presenting both challenges and opportunities. The demand for energy is increasing worldwide. And at the same time, we must combat the effects of climate change and reduce CO2 emissions. On each episode, we bring you conversations with some of the world's cutting-edge thought leaders in energy and related subjects. Our goal is to help you understand energy, the challenges we face today, and what the future holds. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources. Now, here's your moderator, Amy Pemple. Hello. I'd like to welcome you to a special episode about the impact collaboration has in moving the energy transition forward. Today's episode is hosted by Pratush Naj, VP of Product and Business Development at Siemens Energy. He is joined by Kevin Murray, VP of Project Management and Construction at Duke Energy. They will be discussing the innovative turbine technology being tested at Duke Energy's Lincoln Combustion Turbine Station near Denver, North Carolina. Hello, everyone. My name is Pratyush Nag. I am the Program Director and the Vice President of Product and Business Development for the 9000HL Gas Turbine. And together with me, I have the pleasure of uh, having Kevin Murray. Kevin is the Vice President of Project Management and Construction at Duke Energy. So Kevin, to start things off, maybe we can talk a little bit about our project that we have been doing together for the last five years at the Lincoln County Combustion Turbine Station. Although it's called a combustion turbine, it's really uh, something that is far from just a combustion turbine. It's something that we have really engulfed on in terms of decarbonizing the energy system. Can you talk a little bit about that? Certainly, and thank you for the introduction and a pleasure joining you today. You mentioned the decarbonization journey and Duke Energy kind of started down our decarbonization journey in 2005, investing in natural gas technologies and then progressively more solar energy technologies. And this evolution into the agreement we have at Lincoln CT is a continuation of that journey, continuing to invest in these types of low carbon, no carbon technologies is going to be what gets us to the path of net zero emissions by 2050. So this project at Lincoln County is a step along that journey. I think it's a, it was a unique, uh, innovative agreement that we structure in a way that we could both benefit from seeing the gas turbine technology progress out there in the field, how it works out there on the grid, paired with an increasing amount of renewables that we see on our system with its high ramp rates and fast starting capability. So it's been a good start to this journey. And we're both on a technology curve that hopefully takes us to that zero carbon future and continue to see what other innovative collaborative projects like the Lincoln County project we can do going forward to advance the industry overall. Thank you, Kevin. Why don't we talk a little bit about our mission here, our journey that you just just started talking about uh, the 2050, the goal that you have as Duke Energy, and then maybe I could share the goal that we have and how we can do this together for our next generations. Duke Energy began its decarbonization journey back in 2005. Since that time, we've reduced our CO2 uh, emissions by 40% already sitting here today. So it's been a journey we started. 
and we're well down the path. And we're looking for creative, innovative ways to get to net zero by 2050. And that is our company objective is to achieve net zero carbon emissions by the year 2050. Along that journey, we've set up also a, a goal of achieving 50% reduction by 2030. It's a journey. We're at 40%, going to 50% reduction by 2030, and to achieve net zero CO2 output by uh, 2050. It brings Duke Energy full circle. We began over 100 years ago as a power company that only had hydroelectric plants. So we were a 100% renewable energy company 100 years ago. We think that's innovative thought today. It's already been done. We just are finding a different way to get there with a different mix of generation to meet our customers' needs. Wow, that's so cool to hear. I, I did not know that. It's so fascinating to hear that in the full circle 100 years later. It's, that's so cool. Yeah, and I think from the Siemens Energy perspective, we are also envisioning, we have the same goals. So that's very interesting to hear that we are also targeting the net zero by 2050. And what we want to do is to become the integrated energy technology provider to companies like Duke Energy and others for achieving the mission together of getting to net zero by 2050. So it's so interesting that our paths are, are so similar and that's how we can collaborate with each other and, and do this together. Maybe to recap another a little bit uh, back into the footsteps of what, where we started. Uh, I think our journey started about five years ago or so on this project. And I still remember the day we were shipping the engine. You stood up in front of 500 of people that were gathered there to ship that engine. And you had some very interesting comments to say about how we had all started. So why don't you share that? This project has been a long journey, as you mentioned. We began working on it many years ago. And originally when Siemens approached Duke Energy about this opportunity, Duke Energy it, traditionally as a utility, it tends to be risk adverse. We want to invest in some proven technologies, things we know are reliable for our customers. But we find ourselves in a unique position where we need to invest in technologies and collaborate with technology providers to create these technologies of the future and verify that they'll work in real life situations on the grid. So testing this theory out, it was something we had to think about. How do we structure this? So this is a product that ultimately will be a reliable product on our system would allow us to go through this proving process through the test phase. Our initial reaction when presented the opportunity was risk averse, looks like a first of a kind, not sure we want to invest in, in that, let somebody else do that. But then the, we came to the realization that the way this works was a unique opportunity. Siemens manufacturing plant was here in the Charlotte area where our headquarters is. So Siemens is a key customer of ours and they have a manufacturing facility in our service area that provides jobs in our area. And so the manufacturing of this piece of equipment in the Charlotte area, when it's shipped to the Siemens site, the key customer collaboration, investing in the technologies of the future, the way we structured this deal overall was very innovative approach that worked for both companies to allow Siemens to prove the new technology out, transfer the asset later, worked for both companies. It took a lot of thought and a lot of collaboration on both companies' parts, but I, I think we found a win-win. Ultimately, that's working for both of us. I can tell you the insider story, if you may, from what happened in Siemens Energy in those days. Uh, we were, of course, debating different options, uh, including doing it in our own facilities. We have a testing facility in Berlin, 
one of the options was to expand the testing facility and to be able to do that there. And then we said, no, we, we could do that. We actually did some of the testing already in that facility. But then he said, there is a huge value in putting that engine on the grid. The other interesting story was we started with a cartoon. Yeah, We didn't even have a cross-section to show you. And it was really a cartoon in our hands. And it was a dream, right? You know, the initial concept of, I think, you should recall when you kind of unveiled the cartoon, almost giving us pulling back the curtain, so to speak. And that's really what it takes to make one of these advancements and how we work together on this project. Because as you were completing the design and starting to work through the testing program, it allowed us as the customer to say, hey, here's what may have value, you know, with, with this new product you're bringing onto the grid. And it seemed to line up with a lot of your design philosophy. This is a, a new technology that's going to pair well with renewables. It's got a high ramp rate, fast starting capability. We'll cycle up and down quickly and provide a nice fast response when renewables come on and down. So I think as we started that collaboration and, and looking through and working through this entire process, it's, it's worked out really well. Thank you. It's really, it started with a dream. Now it's a reality. It's on the grid. It's operating. It's collecting hours. It's supporting your complementary needs to the renewable sources you have. It's, this is the dream we had a long time ago. It's interesting when to look back when we started on this initiative. We were starting, like you said, with a piece of paper and a thought. Here's a new product. Here's a new concept of putting it onto the grid to test it before we put it into operation and the phases that we, we lined up to test the technology aggressively. Standing here now, looking at where we are in that progress, we followed that initial strategy today. And it's, it's, the unit is up, it's running, it's producing power, it's on the grid, it's responding to some of that renewable demand on, on raising and lowering load. So it's, it's rewarding to a lot of the folks that were involved in the project throughout at different aspects to see that product and that concept come to life and come to fruition out there in the field. I think when we were out there in first fire and then celebrating the one year of the unit being online, every step is just another milestone that just reinforces. We, it was well planned out and it's very rewarding at the end of the day to see the product online and delivering what, what was expected. Yeah, I have to echo that sentiment. It's an extremely rewarding feeling for all of us. Uh, and it's not just me. I, I stand here for the team. We have uh, people all across the world who are working tirelessly towards that plan. That plan was a sketch that we made without knowing all the hurdles that, that would come across us. There were technical hurdles. There were challenges all across. There were rains and floods that we had never anticipated. And, and pandemics that they weren't anticipated. <laughs> and exactly. The pandemic that uh, nobody anticipated, of course, and in two years and we didn't skip a beat. Yeah? We never missed a single day of operation, regardless of whether it was rain or flood or wind or COVID. I think this was the biggest achievement of all this resilience of the team that we had and the collaboration that we had. We never skipped a beat. That to me has been the most rewarding experience and I can speak for my team and I'm sure the Duke Energy team would also feel the same way because they also supported us and we did this together and it was a really winning team that, that did this. Yeah, I agree. This product is delivered and continues to as we progress through the testing phase and ultimately getting this asset over to Duke Energy at the tail end of the test program. It's been for the team that's been involved to see it go from a, a concept into reality, it's been very rewarding.
Yeah, that's been the theme for our team as well, the concept to the reality. Which is and the collaboration on this new technology. I think is it's innovative in seeing that utility owner and a technology provider kind of work hand in developing a project and a concept that proves the technology out in a real world scenario and also testing out, hey, what capabilities may or may not have more benefit to the system long-term as we progress down this path toward net zero. I think that's the type of structure a lot of, as an industry, we all need to be looking at. How can we continue to make investments in those future technologies to see what's going to get us to the end of this path at uh, net zero emissions by 2050? Yeah, this has been uh, what we call it as our technology carrier product line. So this is the most advanced technology that we have, and we typically use these kind of test vehicles that we have and the validation of this technology is to also download it to all our fleet products, be it F-Class, be it H-Class and E-Class and so on. But this is uh, the whole philosophy of validating product line with the most advanced technologies and then sharing it all across the product lines. And this has become a benchmark of how we do this. Let's talk a little bit about what's next. So what's next in the vision for for Duke Energy and what's next for the vision for for Siemens Energy? How do you see taking this kind of a collaboration that we have had to the next level? First, from a technology perspective, we do see this technology continue to play a, a role in how do we bridge to the net zero future. And with this gas turbine technology, there's in first with the high ramp rate, it pairs with the increased renewables we're seeing in our system and those steep ramp ups and ramp downs at the end of the day for the solar power, which doesn't quite line up with our customer peaks at the end of those days. So we need a technology that can fill the gaps and ramp up and down and respond very quickly to the changes in demand and supply from the solar side. I think this gas turbine technology fits well in that space. It's designed with the capability to convert and burn hydrogen in addition to natural gas. You can blend uh, natural gas in and out. And as you're going toward that path toward net zero, there's another opportunity to innovate and test out the hydrogen capability as an industry. Duke Energy and Siemens have already started to think about how can we invest in that type of, of a project. So at Clemson University, Duke Energy and Siemens Energy have initiated a study to see if we can convert a gas turbine down there over to hydrogen. So that study is well underway. It's being studied in, in uh, discussions with Clemson University. But that's another way to carry this type of innovative concept forward into what can we do to bridge again down this journey toward net zero. Yes. And when we started this development, uh, one of the things we also collected from customers like yourselves and others was uh, the key change that was going to happen in the market, which is this integration into into renewables. And that was one of the key drivers that every single customer said, this is a must have. So when we designed the product, we also made sure that we are capable of ramping up and ramping down as fast as possible. We are now going 85 megawatts a minute and above. We are able to start at will with a very high starting reliability, which is something that uh, customers give us very clear feedback that this is a must have, as you were saying, and this is now proving to be very important to you and to all our customers worldwide this ability to complement with renewables to run the engine when the solar power is not uh, not there or the wind is turning down and to bring that engine up uh, super fast makes a big difference 
agree. The, uh, in solar space, Duke Energy has invested quite a bit in solar generation, both in the Carolinas and Florida, as well as up in the Midwest. In fact, in the United States, the state of Florida is number three in installed solar generation and North Carolina is number four. So both were making investments to move solar generation forward and increase the amount of renewables on our system. We think it's an important piece to a diverse mix of generation. But since we don't have a lot of storage capability on the grid, when solar you know, is available, you want to try to take advantage of it. When it's not available, there's not a high capacity to store that generation and kind of meter it out over time. It's either it's on demand for the solar. And so this gas turbine technology at least gives us that flexibility to respond and fill those gaps. Until there's an increased amount of energy storage possibly available on the grid, we've got to look for these types of technologies to help bridge us to that future. Yes, and we are working on storage technologies as well because this is the next generation of technologies necessary for this complementary to renewables approach. Let's talk a little bit about hydrogen. This has been also a very interesting journey, and both of us have been in the industry for a while now. And hydrogen is a very interesting development. Of course, we've been talking about hydrogen for decades, but I think now we really see the light at the end of the tunnel very clearly that it is a path to the future. As Siemens Energy here, we are really focused on developing hydrogen as a very important fuel of the future. And we are testing hydrogen already in our test facilities for the smaller turbines that you were just talking about. And then for the larger turbines, we have the 50% feasibility that we have already tested for the 9000 HL. But the question is, how do we bring this into the grid? And that's, uh, that's something maybe you can, what are your plans or what are you thinking? So hydrogen, it's an interesting you know, technology that a lot of people are talking about now. And sometimes when you speak to, you know, to customers about, about hydrogen, first they're like, explain it to me. And when they, they try to understand first how you make the hydrogen, they're like, wait, so you're going to, especially green hydrogen, where you take renewable energy to, to make the hydrogen, they're like, so you're going to take the sun and convert water into fuel. Did I, did I hear that right? <laughs> That's really the, the nature of the concept of green hydrogen. To take solar power, use electrolyzers to convert water into hydrogen for fuel that you can burn in the gas turbines. That is really the nature of it. And it's technology that works and progressively you can make more of it over time. So fundamentally, I think it's a technology that has a vast amount of potential. But then you have to get into the production and the transportation and the storage of hydrogen to use as needed. And I think a lot of those categories need to be developed. So just look at the overall cost of the production of hydrogen through the generation of hydrogen on the tail end. I think we just need to look at it from the front end. But the important aspect of that is first you can blend the hydrogen in, so that reduces your carbon footprint. And then eventually, as you indicated, some of your turbines are capable of 50 to 100% hydrogen. And so you can move toward where you can eliminate your carbon from certain gas turbines. We've got a natural gas infrastructure in place, but we don't have a hydrogen infrastructure in place. So that hydrogen economy that a lot of folks are talking about would have to be developed to support that. Yeah, absolutely. And you're talking about 100 years ago when you were you started off with basically hydroelectric power and uh, you made power out of uh, water. And then came the whole infrastructure of natural gas. And at that time, if somebody said, you want to do what? You want to go dig out gas out of the earth and then burn it? That probably would have been also a very radical thought. 
And uh, when we are talking today of saying, take the sun and then take water and then generate energy out of that. And then at the back end, return to water. It's innovation in, in a full circle, right? It is. No, that's true. I mean, you're, you're kind of uh, coming full circle to, to use water to create the energy as the fuel source. It would be an innovative way to come full circle for these industries. But and they we, return the water back. Yeah. So this, yeah. this is really cool. So this is going to be very fascinating in the journey of innovation of how we produce energy and harvest Mother Nature, if you may, right? Let's talk a little bit about what were the challenges that we saw in our collaboration and how did we overcome? And this was also there. And how did you work together to make it happen? Yeah, I think first out of the gate was just the nature of the, the transaction of really working together normally. There's more working on both sides of a transaction, uh, but this was really working both on the same side of a transaction to produce a new product and test it onto the grid and really carry it forward. So we found a way to really get on both sides of that equation to try to collaborate together to advance the project. So I think just originally just the nature of the transaction and some of the relationships that were involved early on in creating that transaction, I think carried that collaboration forward through the project that's out there in the field. And many of the folks that were involved early on, such as yourself, have been able to see that through and continue that culture of collaboration through the project. I remember we had very natural calamities as well. And then we had, of course, COVID. And then we were going to, we had some challenges in the dispatch. And I, what I really appreciated is that the understanding from the Duke Energy team, that this is a test engine and sometimes we have to arrange and adapt to things, whether some people are not available. But on the other hand side, I still remember the day when we got the call at five o'clock one, one evening and saying, could we run uh, the test a couple, of, a couple hours longer? Because we have that peak demand coming up and I think you had to shut down some other product, other engine. If, or to load it up and it would take a long time for you to respond to that load. Yeah, I think what we're talking about is toward the tail end of the day when the solar loads were ramping down and we were looking, um, but you at the same time were completing a test, you know, period where you were planning to take the unit offline. We said, we'll just extend that a few hours longer to carry us past that peak and that collaboration hand in hand, just working for it. During this test period, you need to run to test the unit. We want to see how it's going to fit on the system just working together to find those solutions for one another to, to work forward. That has been the most rewarding thing that, at least from my side, I can say that it has been the most rewarding thing, the collaboration of developing something together. Let's talk a little bit about what impresses me. I can share my experiences of, I'm also a customer of Duke Energy and, and I, of course, rely on Duke Energy at my home. I can share a story of what Duke Energy has done for me as a consumer. And it was a very pleasing surprise for me. So uh, just before Christmas last uh, year, I got an email from Duke Energy uh, as a consumer. Are you interested in participating in our decarbonization vision? And, and would you like uh, to have a gift? Okay, sure. I clicked yes. And then a week or two later, uh, there was a little box uh, on my doorstep. And it had a crepe myrtle uh, tree. And this is our little gift to you in our journey of decarbonization, of planting a tree for the future. And it was so touching for me that Duke Energy would do that for consumers. My tree is still in my garden. It's planted there. It's growing. 
and I'm so proud to be a customer of Duke Energy as well. So thank you for doing that. I think it's a vision that matters. It touches the hearts and of, of thousands of customers that you have, or millions actually. Appreciate that story. We both are customers of one another. I think that's the way this whole transaction worked. When we thought about creating a turbine, the manufacturing up here in the Charlotte area with Siemens that was both a customer of ours as well as we were a customer of their product, trying to find a way to, to create this opportunity for this test center in North Carolina to prove this product out. This type of collaboration that we did here is one that can be replicated over and over again for newer technologies by us and other companies to really try to move the industry forward to find out what is it going to take that's going to work. Because we may not, we all have a path to net zero, but we may not all have the technologies to get there today. And so I think there's going to have to be a little bit more of this collaboration that has to occur in the industry uh, to pilot some of these technologies and see what technologies are going to carry forward into the future. I could not agree more. So it's absolutely the collaboration is the most important thing that's necessary to take us both forward. So to uh, maybe summarize the thoughts here a little bit and to talk about the future journey, if you were to wish something from us as your technology collaborators, what would be some of the uh, wishes that you may have? First, we're focused right now, our teams collectively on generation that's going to get us to net zero. But I think in addition to that, we just need to expand decarbonization in general. And does that impact other parts of our our business lines? And could this collaboration expand into some of those other areas across other business lines here at Duke, across other business lines at, at Siemens? But really trying to think through what are these innovations that we can create together when we share what's needed to move the system forward and you're creating the products. I think those conversations uh, and, and collaborations are what's going to create the breakthroughs in technologies. Otherwise, you're trying to think about what we might need and we're trying to hope that you're going to deliver a product, but the collaboration together might short circuit that and, and be able to bring something to the market that's going to, we know is going to meet the needs of what's needed. So I think the hope is just to continue to keep an open dialogue on collaboration as we go forward and look for those technologies that are going to bridge bridges to the future. That's a very nice summary, Kevin, of what we need to do for the future. Collaborate together. This is a journey not of Duke Energy or Siemens Energy by ourselves. It is something that we do together. We do together for, for this world. We do together for our next generations and generations to come. And, and we can only do it together. Thank you, Kevin. It's been a pleasure. It's a fantastic conversation around what decarbonization holds for us and what this journey entails. Any parting words from your side? Thank you for the opportunity to have this discussion today. We're both on a very similar journey. We're both taking slightly different paths to get there, but we created these intersections along the way where we work together and our paths continue to weave us down that road toward, toward 2050. So continue to look forward to those future opportunities. We've come a long way since 2050 to say that we are here today at a 40% reduction in our CO2 output. Just over that time, it really shows that it can be done and that we're making progress toward that goal. So appreciate the opportunity to speak today as well as to collaborate with you along the journey here on this Lincoln C2 project. Thank you for teaching. Thank you, Kevin. It's been a pleasure.
Thank you for listening. We hope you found this episode valuable. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can find more information and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at Siemens-Energy.com forward slash podcast. Siemens Energy is providing this podcast as a public service. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by Siemens Energy. The views expressed by guests and hosts are their own, and their appearances on this program do not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by Siemens Energy employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the views of Siemens Energy or any of its officials.